So welcome back to the Daily Catholic Traveler podcast during Lent as we are going through the various station churches on a kind of virtual pilgrimage. Hi, Mountain. Hi, Joni. How are you today? I am doing very well. First week of How Lent. How are you? I'm, I'm fine. Yeah. Yeah, so yeah I mean, we, we got through it Sunday. Yeah, it's like the, the trial week is over and now, now we're in it. Yeah. In it to win it. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> okay. Gonna win so, Lent. Sunday. Um, that's kind of Pelagian. No. Um, so anyway, it's Sunday, the first week of Lent, and our station church is a big one. It is the biggest one. St. John Lateran, the Cathedral of Rome. The mother of all churches? Yeah. Yeah. And... so. One of my least favorite churches of Rome. Maybe <laughs> I didn't we'll know whether we were going to mention that. <laughs> <laughs> I love to mention it because people are like, what? What are you talking about? Yeah. We'll so, get to that. Mount and I actually, we tried to record a podcast on site at John Lateran, and it was just a comedy of errors, and it's it's never been published. I got something wrong, and you had to go like answer someone's question, and so I started talking without you. And Anyway, it was hilarious. I forgot so, about that. You're right. Yeah. <laughs> So awful. we have some some uh, really bad podcasts at John Lattern. But but today we're going to just briefly talk about the church because we actually are going to come back to it two more times during Lent. Right. So there are 40 station churches, but a few of them are repeated, and this is one of them because it is such an important church. So why is it the Mother Church? Why is it the Church of All Churches Mountain? Yeah, so there's actually there's an inscription on the outside of the church that says, of all the churches in the city and the world, the Lateran, the Holy Lateran, is the mother and the head. Um, And that's because this was the very first legal church in the world, right? Yeah, the first Christian church ever. Yeah, the first public. Yeah, public. There were plenty of underground churches, many of which we'll visit throughout the Station Church pilgrimage. Uh, but this was the first legal one. This is the one that Constantine built when he legalized Christianity, which we should probably get into that story as well. Sure. So Christianity was illegal for the first few centuries. It was persecuted off and on, depending on who was emperor, depending on who was in charge of your territory. Um, it would be persecuted in greater or lesser extent. And in 313, Constantine makes it legal to be Christian. So he didn't declare it to be kind of the religion of the empire at this point. He just declared that it was legal after a vision he had before the Battle of the Milvian Bridge. He was at war over um, the division of the empire, empire, and he had a vision of a cross with the um, message, in this sign you will conquer. So he put crosses on all his soldiers' helmets or, I don't know, with the stuff they carried in the battle. Shields, Shields, I guess, yeah. yeah. Which, you know, to think about it, that's kind of the equivalent of like, you know, because his people didn't like Christians. They were kind of the outcasts, the weirdos of Rome. And he's going to them saying like, all right, everybody, we're going to go into battle with the symbol of all these weird people on our shields. But of course, he's the emperor, so they're going to do what he says. It was also a Roman execution tactic. I mean, it wasn't like this was like, you know, it wasn't like he put somebody's initials on his, he put 
it's kind of odd. Like we're so removed from it, we don't think how odd right. it would have been. But he put a cross. That's what the Romans used to kill people. Yeah, it's kind of strange. It is strange, but it worked out. It worked out. For it worked us. out. <laughs> yeah, and he was going into battle against Maxentius, which is actually his brother-in-law. So that's yeah. kind of crazy too. But yeah, so he went into battle. He was victorious under the sign of the cross. And so he marched to the Lateran Hill. So there's there's kind of a funny trivia thing, like, who is St. John Lateran? I think you mentioned it once that you were somewhere and somebody said, like, St. John Lateran, waiting for everybody to say, like, pray yeah. for us. And you're just yeah, kind of, like, looking was, around, like, yeah. uh... Yeah, because there, <laughs> yeah. there is no St. John Lateran. This church is dedicated to St. John the Baptist and St. John the Evangelist on Lateran Hill. So there was a Lateran family who lived on this hill. This was their property. And this guy got into like a disagreement with Nero. So Nero slaughtered him and his family. He was trying to assassinate Nero. It was kind of a big, yeah. Yeah, a disagreement. It was a little bit more. (laughs) (laughs) And and yeah, so, uh, but anyway, this is where Maxentius's guys were kind of holed up, their barracks. And so Constantine marched to this spot, killed all those people and dedicated this land to the Christians. He gave this land to the Christians. And if you visit the church, you'll notice it's just inside the walls of Rome. And so it's not like he built the first church right in the city center. He gave the Christians a little piece of land on the outskirts of town. And that's where they, well, that's where he built the first Christian church. Yeah. And then his mom built a church down the street. Yeah, she well, built, well, she she built lived, a she built a palace yeah. Yeah. down the street, yeah. which <laughs> is we'll, now the we'll church of Santa Croce in Jerusalem. Yes, we'll go there later. Yeah. But that's where she that's where she built her home because she was Christian. So she built her home down the street from the Cathedral of Rome. So that's the first Christian church. So he, Constantine built this before he built St. Peter's, before he built St. Paul's. And um, before they built Santa Croce, and so this was the first Christian church. And so for most of the church's history, this is where the Holy Father lived, which most of us don't think about. Um, but he, he lived here and because, you know, until like, what, 1300s? He lived at the Lateran with a, with a little time in France. But, um, but so most of church history, the majority of our church's history took place here. Right. So if you think about how we as... Catholics feel, you know, when we go to St. Peter's, like that's where the Pope lives, that's the home church. Um, but yeah, for about a thousand years, that was how everyone felt about St. John Lateran, because the Pope lived there, that was the Apostolic Palace. You know, if the Pope was going to come to his window or something for an Angelus, I don't know if they did that back in the sure. 600s or something, but <laughs> that's where it would happen. It didn't happen at St. Peter's. St. Peter's was on the other side of town. Um, so yeah, this was a very... I mean, it still is a very important church, but very significant to the people of the early church because this was where the Pope lived. That was the cathedral. It's still the cathedral. Yeah. So why do you hate it? I don't hate it. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. (laughs) It's just not my favorite. I mean, if you think about the- It's not my favorite either. If you think about the four major basilicas, so St. Peter, because I'm a Catholic in the 20. First century is it 21st century yeah 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 okay <laughs> so yeah so I, I same, centuries and years mixed up. i do too so it's like that's our that's our home yeah, sure so of yeah. course saint peter's is up there and then saint mary major has a beautiful story 
and it's it's smaller and more intimate and pretty. And then St. Paul outside the walls, I love. We'll get into that later, but it's just this huge basilica and it feels good. I mentioned that in a previous podcast, how some churches just feel good. And St. John Lateran just doesn't feel good to me. <laughs> I mean, the history is but, great. It's such an important church, but going inside, I don't know. It doesn't, it doesn't, it doesn't do it for me. It's an amazing church. Like, if I know, this, and I know some people that's their favorite, so it's not, yeah, right, people right. should, yeah. Yeah. Don't, I mean, don't take my opinion. <laughs> <laughs> it's just if I had to pick a favorite, this would not be on the top 10, 20 yeah. list. Yeah. Um, but it is, I mean, there's there's wonderful statues outside. There's there's Christ the Redeemer. So this church was originally dedicated to Christ the Redeemer. And it only recently became dedicated, well, recently church-wise, became dedicated to St. John's, the Evangelist and the Baptist. Um, so there's the church of uh, there's the the statue of Christ on the top, and my favorite thing to do in Rome is right across the street the Scala Santa, and this was all connected to the Lateran Palace. So I love visiting. It's just not my favorite church. That's all. And it's tempting to get into everything, but we also want to leave some stuff to talk about for the next two times we visit. So yeah, so do we'll we go want inside. To say anything else? We'll go inside next time. Um, there are some. Why other don't you things- talk about the Doors. Can you talk about the doors? We can talk about oh, the no. doors. I was gonna. I was okay, gonna stay outside. Stay. Okay, stay outside. Because okay. there's something outside. There's the giant obelisk. Oh, oh, <gasps> yes. Yeah. And I, th- yes. And we're gonna do a whole episode on obelisk someday. But not during. Lent. This is my favorite obelisk. Yeah. So this is the obelisk that stood. So the obelisks they came from Egypt. Most of them. Um, but if you think about how they got here, they had to figure out how to take them down without them breaking, get them across the desert, sail them across the sea, get them to Italy or not Italy at the time, Rome or whatever, and then get it into place. And this one was so big, so important that they placed it in Circus Maximus. So this was the center of Circus Maximus. You know, that's where they would have the chariot races. If you've ever watched Ben-Hur, you know, that's the side of that. Um, so it was a very important place for the Romans. And then Pope Sixus V, who we will talk about later, we've talked about in previous podcasts, but he was kind of the architect of Rome. He wanted to put the obelisks in front of churches. And this being kind of one of the most important ones to Romans, he wanted this to be at the most important church, which was St. John Lateran, the cathedral. Um, also, it's kind of close to where Circus Maximus is, so he didn't want to have to drag it too far, maybe. Um, <laughs> but yeah, this obelisk, it's its kind of to the side of the Lateran. So some people that visit St. John Lateran, they might miss it because it's on the, the side. It's by the little side piazza, not the main piazza where most people would enter. Um, but it's the tallest and oldest, as I said. It's so old, and because of where it came from in Egypt, that people think that Moses would have seen this obelisk. That's crazy that we can see. 1740 BC or something crazy like that. Yeah, that we can see. Almost 2000 BC. We can see something man-made that Moses would have looked at. I mean, most of us aren't getting to Egypt to see the pyramids, so this is probably the closest we're going to get. Yeah. So that's very, uh, very cool. So I I love, I love, 
showing people that, telling the story. And this one has the hieroglyphs all over it. And what's kind of cool about these is that they haven't been able to translate them. So, you know, some have been translated, but the ones on this obelisk, they maybe they've picked out a few, but they don't know what it says. It could just be like an advertisement to like a restaurant or something, <laughs> or like an ancient billboard, like who knows, but... Um, Eat at Pharaoh's. Yeah, Starbucks, yeah. next left or something. <laughs> so yeah, like some of the obelisks, they don't have anything on any markings. They're just big, giant granite And some obelisks. of the obelisks aren't original. Right, some are You have to kind of know recent. which ones. Yeah. But um, so the fact that this one has these real. ancient markings on it, it's the tallest, it's the oldest, is pretty amazing. And at the top of all these obelisks, because they were Egyptian things, pagan monuments, pagan billboards. Um, at the top, you'll always find a cross or a dove. Some of them have a dove just to show that Christianity triumphs over paganism. So that's kind of neat to point out as well. And then do you want to talk about the other building now? The other, I guess we can. Yes. I was going to mention <laughs> the statue. Oh. Because that's also outside. The statue of St. Francis is kind of a neat Oh, story. yeah, yeah, across the street. Go ahead. So it's across the street from the Lateran, but if we're we're talking about things outside the Lateran, if you're standing on the front steps of the Lateran, look out, you'll see a big statue of St. Francis. I think we've probably talked about this in an earlier podcast, but there's a huge statue of St. Francis, and it looks like he's holding his hands up and holding the church up. And that's because of the dream that the Pope had after he met Francis and kind of dismissed him as being kind of this little humble beggar. Right. Because um, if you think had. about like, I'm sorry. <laughs> if no, you think about if you uh, Well, because I think it's kind of funny. If you think about like how Francis looks, he's probably wearing an old or like sackcloth or Rags. something. Yeah. Maybe no shoes. And he comes to Rome to the apostolic palace looking like Francis. So of course the Pope's going to be like, yeah, get out of here. Yeah. I'm and sorry. This, I'm sorry. This is where that's okay. This is where Francis would have come because again, the Pope was living at the Lateran at this point. So he's living, you know, in this beautiful palace and in opulence. And then little Francis comes and he probably sounds like a crazy person. And the Pope later has a dream and he sees a little man holding up the church and he realizes it's Francis and he's holding up the ladder and he's holding up this church that's falling into ruin to parallel the message that Francis himself heard from Christ, you know, go rebuild my church for, for it is falling into ruin, obviously not a real church. So he's not talking about rebuilding San Damiano, which is how Francis interpreted it, nor is he talking about building the ladder in, which is how, you know, maybe innocent, but innocent seemed to get it. Um, The Pope realized, wait, he's talking about the church as a whole. And, so there's a big statue to commemorate that vision. I said it was Pope Innocent. I hope it's true. That was just off the top of my head. I actually am not. Huh. I just, so I usually just say the Pope. Pope. it was. It's one of the Popes. Yeah. So it is, it's a, it's a cool statue and you get a really nice perspective if you go across the street to where the statue is, because you can look from the back and see him holding up the church. So, uh, we'll probably cover the Scala Santa. I mean, we've done a whole episode on it, but we did a whole episode uh, on it. Yeah, but just so you that can, people know, I mean, you could look, you can search our previous podcast for the Scala Santa. Um, but those are the holy stairs, the stairs that Christ climbed the day he was condemned to death. And Constantine's mother 
uh, Queen Helena, now St. Helena. She brought them to Rome and she placed them in the Apostolic Palace. So the Apostolic Palace was at the Lateran. And so that's why they are where they are. And if you've ever been to Rome and you've seen, if you've been to the Scala Santa, you notice that it's it's across a busy street from St. John Lateran. But that was all like one big papal compound, kind of like what you would think of St. Peter's today. The Vatican has, you know, all these different buildings and stuff. So that's what the Lateran would have been like. Hundreds the space between ago. the Lateran and Santa Croce would have been like the Pope's gardens. So it would have been, yeah, there would have been almost like a little Vatican City, even though obviously it wasn't Vatican City. Right. So the, you see kind of this apse mosaic on the side. That would have been like in his dining room. It would have been like part of the Apostolic Palace, not a busy street. Right. Um, so yeah, that's the outside. Anything else outside? I don't think so. No? I mean, it's a, it's yeah, it's a very imposing beautiful church. I do love the statue of Jesus at the top, kind of calling us in and out. You know, he's, he's, I don't know whether he's calling us into the church or calling us out to evangelize. I think it could be seen either way, but I, that's one of my favorite church tops, I think in Rome. It is a nice church top. (laughs) (laughs) And the latter, I think it's interesting too, that the, I mean, there are a lot of big open spaces in Rome, parks, piazzas, but even to this day, that is the main gathering point for people when there's like, not religious things, but like if there's a protest or a concert for the people, like May Day is a big holiday here. So May 1st, there's always a big concert in the Lateran Piazza. So right out front of the church, the um, the the parade to legalize marijuana, <laughs> that's where it ends is in front of the church. It's kind of funny, but um, but it's kind of cool that even now, I guess seventeen hundred years later, that's still where people go when something important is going on and they want to come to the the main church, the mother church, even if it's legalizing marijuana or <laughs> enjoying a rock concert. That's where they go. Yeah. All right, so that's your intro to St. John Lateran. And like Joni said, we're going to be back here two more times. So there's there's a lot in here. There's relics, there's statues, there's the Apostolic Palace itself, there's crypts, there's all kinds of stuff to talk about. The first image of Christ. So we're going to get into John Lateran in much more detail. This was to tell you why it is what it is, the mother of all churches. Oh, and I like to tell you where things are. I didn't tell you where the Lateran yes. is because... A lot of people, if they come to Rome, if they're not with a group, maybe they don't make it to St. John Lateran because it's a little further out. It's not, I mean, there's a subway stop for it. It's not crazy far, but it's maybe like a 10 minute walk from the Colosseum, maybe 15, 20 minutes from the Colosseum, depending on how fast you walk. And it's not very far from St. Mary Major. It's definitely a church you should visit even though I say it's not my favorite. <laughs> if nothing else, I mean, the Scala Santa is there. Santa Croce is right there. So two of my favorite spots in Rome are just outside. So definitely do visit if you make it over. Anything else And to then say? get a cup of coffee. There's a great, a there's a, yeah, the cookie. You remember the cookie? <laughs> <laughs> I've one never my, been there. Yeah, one of my favorite cafes. So whenever I do my day tours, we always include St. John Lateran. And... So just when when I finish, you know, people might want a coffee or 
a pastry or something. And just outside the walls of Rome, which is right by the church, there's a little cafe. It's called Foodie, which is kind of a silly name for a cafe, but Foodie. And they have excellent cappuccino and they have chocolate chip cookies. <laughs> and they're pretty close to American style, like homemade chocolate chip cookies. So I'm there often when I have my groups or my day tours. And there's a subway stop there too. So I jump on the subway and I get home. So yeah, visit the Lateran. And I guess we're done with the Lateran. And it's not Lent, eat a cookie. Can you not eat cookies Well, I guess some people can eat cookies during Lent. Yeah. I guess it depends. If you gave up cookies, don't eat a cookie during Lent. We're talking about cookies. Okay. Last time we talked about Chick-fil-A, now cookies. I know. We're always talking about food on these. (laughs) But, okay. Well, John Lateran, there's your taste. You're going to have to wait all Lent to hear more. Yeah, we're not back here until Palm Sunday, I think. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, so So. I hope you're enjoying our Lenten pilgrimage through Rome. If you are, be sure to leave a comment, rate the podcast on iTunes, tell people about it. Um, We've got a long way to go. This is only, what is this, day five? Yeah, this is Sunday. I don't know. Yeah, day five. Day five of Lent. So we still have <laughs> lots <laughs> of podcasting to do. Lots of podcasts. So yeah. Looking forward for, to it. Yeah. I'm in, I'm enjoying it. Okay. Well, ciao mountain. Ciao listeners. Ciao, ciao listeners ciao. and Joni. Talk to you tomorrow. Ciao, ciao.